Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Obicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Philip Crichton and Frank Campion to discuss some key aspects of forage crop management. As good utilisation is vital with any of these crops, Philip outlines how to approach setting up grazing divisions and how to manage these crops in difficult conditions. On the subject of divisions, Frank highlights the importance of fencer setup and takes us through how to transition lambs onto the various crops in that rain. He also highlights the importance of shearing lambs prior to grazing these forage crops. We finish up with Frank outlining the ongoing trial, assessing the performance of hillbred store lambs when grazed on forage crops, just currently on the way in Atmarine. We start off, however, with Philip discussing the importance of assessing yield of the crop and outlining how to work out the carrying capacity. It's vitally important that you know exactly what you're dealing with on your, on your own farm. Um, I suppose the common range of forages that are there, kind of yield-wise, you can range from your forage rape, um, where you might expect a yield of four to six ton per hectare um, of dry matter. Then maybe moving into your hybrid brassicas, where you might be going from six to eight ton expected, um, and then up to maybe the likes of your kale, where you could be up on eight to ten ton um, of dry matter per hectare. But obviously, as you say, then. That's the the theoretical um, expected yield. There's a lot of things that can influence that. So when they were sown, where they were sown, um, background fertility, that sort of thing. So um, the important thing would be to make an assessment then of uh, <clears throat> what your actual crop is is yielding. It's it's not actually a difficult um, process to go about measuring it, Philip. It's probably one that's not done often for crops. Um, maybe you just take us through the basics of like how would you go about estimating yield. Of one of them forages? Yeah, so the, the simplest way really is that uh, if you were to make up some sort of a quadrat, so ideally a one meter by one meter um, quadrat, you could make that up with, with steel or even timber. And if you were to bring that out into the crop, um, place it down in a, in a representative area of, of the crop that you're working with, um, cut all the material within that, that one meter by one meter square then, um, so the, the likes of a, 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 a clippers, a garden clippers or, or maybe a, some sort of a slash um, to, to cut the crop depending on how strong it is. Um, gather all of that up, um, put it into a, a plastic bag and get, get the, the fresh weight of, of the material that was within, within that quadrat. Um, and then once we have that done, we can, we can I suppose, Plug those, plug that fresh weight figure into a formula where, well, if you have the the fresh weight of the forage that you've weighed, you then estimate the dry matter. For most of these crops, unless it's exceptionally wet conditions, um, a, a, a safe enough dry matter to use would be somewhere around twelve to thirteen percent. Um, so what it would be it would be your fresh weight. So for example, if you had three and a half kilos of the forage in, in your bag. Multiply that by 0.13 if you're saying it's 13% dry matter, and then multiply that by 10,000 because there will be 10,000 of those one meter by one meter quadrats in a hectare. And if we had that example and we worked it out, you would you would end up with a yield of of approximately four and a half tons of dry matter uh, per hectare. And again, like if there was ability in that crop, you might want to do more than one cut. A couple of cuts would give you a better representative sample of what's in the field exactly so i suppose if 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 you're working with a large area and there is a lot of variation two or three um 
uh, yield estimates like that and take the average of, of the tree will give you the, the, the greatest indication of the potential total crop that you have. And you can use that then to, to try and plan out you know, what you are going to have available and what your carrying capacity will be. And really that is the important thing because look, essentially these crops, you want to be able to finish as many of them as you can and to make most use of them. So overstocking them, we're going to run out of it too quickly and we might have a backup plan for that on the farm. And again, opposite, if we didn't have enough animals going on to it, we're not really making use of that crop of expenditure. So like, I suppose to an extent, Philip, the carrying capacity, it depends on what type of animal we're putting on it and indeed possibly on the ground conditions as well at the time or prevailing conditions for the winter. Just to give us a bit of a ballpark, like if we're talking about lambs on it first maybe and maybe then yews, what kind of intakes are we expecting? Yeah, so your your typical low lamb lowland type of a lamb, um, we say thirty five to forty five kilos, will have a an intake requirement of about a kilo and a quarter, um, one point two five kilos of dry matter per day. Um, if you're dealing with lighter lambs, um, or or, or maybe hill lambs where you, where they're a lower live weight, you could probably bring that intake down to about a kilo, um, and then if you're moving into yews where you might be trying to maintain them over the winter, um, mid-pregnancy or whatever, um, you're probably talking an intake requirement of about a kilo and a half um, of dry matter per, per day. Like on that rate of going, you're expecting utilisation of that because it's, it's not going to be 100% utilised and we know it can vary, no. but you're, you're pitching that roughly at about, what, 70%? Yeah, so <clears throat> we, we, we'd be, in your, in your typical... Um, conditions, we'd be we'd be targeting about seventy percent utilization. If conditions are better, obviously you'll do a bit better. But if things are, are are very wet, and you're having to move the animals on more frequently, wherever your your utilization will, will drop as well, and that needs to be taken into account. So you, you need to give yourself a wee bit of scope, I suppose, depending on time of year you're going in grazing it too. Yeah. So I suppose if we were to look at an example of that, if if we were to say our 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 crop there that yielded four and a half ton of dry matter per hectare, and we're saying that possibly we're going to get 70% utilization of that. You're talking maybe 3.2 tons utilizable per hectare. Um, and then it's a question of, of looking at, you know, what animals are you going to be grazing with? So you, you, would, you would divide your, um, your, your 3.2 uh, tons by the number of animals that you have. Um, and divide that then by the, the intake that they're going to require every day. The thing to remember about the intake as well is that 25 to 30% of the diet should be made up of some other forage, a form of, 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 of forage or, or roughage. So maybe silage or, or hay or straw or something um, to try and um, maintain room and function um, and reduce any uh, upsets. Mm. So <clears throat> you would factor some of that in in terms of the, the, the daily requirement as well. Um, <clears throat> but if we were taking an example of, say, um, you know, if you had a uh, hundred yews there, and we said that they, they, they require maybe one and a half kilos for the day, we allow that they're going to be eating um, a certain amount of roughage. So we're saying they're maybe going to be eating maybe 1.2 kilos of the crop. Um, you would divide your 3.2 uh, uh, tons by by a hundred yews, we'll say. Um, divide that by your 1.2 and you come out with about 28 days of forage available per hectare um, and you can adjust that then 
um, depending on the number of sheep that you need to feed and so the number the, of hectares you have to feed to them. At least then you have a plan in place how long you're going to last on the crop. It gives you an indication when you need to go into it as well and when you can expect to come out of it. And again, I suppose, Phil, if the weather did turn more inclement, that buffer of the forage, you're going to rely on a little bit heavier. So it's not, it's not a case that you can't have a backup to it either. And possibly in lambs too, if you're to start no, supplement, you start supplementing if you're going to run short. Exactly. Exactly. Just uh, so if we have the carry, we have the crop sown, we have the yield of it now. We've worked out our carrying capacity. In terms of getting most out of the crop, there is a bit of management with these crops to get maximum benefit from them. Just in terms of setting up how you go at grazing the field, because it is quite a high yielding crop. It's important we get more, as much as we can out of it. Is there any tips you could offer on that? The best way, I suppose, is to try and, and, and ration out the, the forage offer um, small amounts at a time, um, you know, using temporary fencing. Um, in terms of ut maximizing utilization, um, the best way about going down that is to give long, narrow strips um, at a time rather than short and wide. So what I mean by that is you take the longer side of the, the field that they're in and you, you, you put the fence up the long side of it um, and give them a, 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 a narrow strip every day or every two or three days and let them uh, let them graze that um, and then move move on again. Um, you know, if conditions are good, you can probably do that every two or three days. If conditions are bad, it could be a daily move um, depending on, on what you're working with. The reason for that is, is that if we let them into a big area um, or short and wide, as I said, and you get bad conditions, bad weather or, or poor underground conditions, you can dramatically reduce the utilization um, percentage and because they're going to be walking a lot of the crop into the ground or, or dirty in the crop and then it, it won't be eaten. Um, so that will be that will be the number one um, way of trying to maximize the, the utilization. Um, if you're dealing with a, a sloping field, um, you should graze from the top down. Again, for, the reason for that being that if you start at the bottom um, and conditions are poor, you can get um, runoff. Um, so if you start at the top and, and, and there is some runoff, um, it, it, it doesn't run off. It, it's, it's stopped by the crop below it. Just in terms of time of day of allocation, there's certain issues around frozen crops, particularly heading into the winter period and frosty mornings. The advice here to maybe allocate later in the day? Yeah, so I suppose, again, deal with the conditions that you have. If, if it's very frosty in the morning, um, what should happen is wait for the the frost to thaw, um, and then allocate. Um, if it's if it's if it's a case that it's 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 frozen for a prolonged period, maybe up the the, the supplementation of the of the companion forage or whatever. So your silage or your your hay or your straw, or whatever, um, and and wait um, until the the actual crop uh, thaws out before allocating. Frank, I might just bring you in here for a moment. Like you've grazed store lambs on these crops last year, not trying to know you have a trial uh, ready to get on the way again. This year we'll talk about it in a moment. But in terms of divisions, certainly with the O's, it might seem easier. They're more used to temporary fencing. How did you go about dividing your crops up last year for the hill store lambs? Yeah, so last year for the hill store lambs, we just used electric fencer. So what we had was four lines of polywire across the crops. But what we were doing was we were cutting a break where the fencer was going across so that it wasn't earthing off the crop. And we found it very effective. Once there was sufficient power in the fence, the lambs did learn to obey it very quickly. But what we did notice quickly was, I suppose, the first time we put up the fence, we ran it through the crop. 
and very quickly got drained off it. So it is important to put that brake underneath the wire and just to keep the power in it. And checking you have good power in it to begin with, maybe even having training beforehand. But yeah. that, it's really one thing you want to be doing every day, Kieran, is checking the, f- the, the fence. I know the sheep will tell you quickly enough, but when you do go out in the morning to give them a new strip, check the power and just keep, make sure it's staying in it because very quickly you'll find them breaking ahead and that's going to lead to all sorts of problems for you as you try and manage the crop and manage the stock on it. And it won't be long changing that utilisation figure. It'll certainly go south of 70%. But um, it does lead us into another thing, Frank. Transitioning on to these crops, like it's going to be, it's a novel date for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to avoid digestive yeah. upsets and we want to get them trained in as quickly as possible. But at the same time, we have to be very conscious of that. How are you going to go about training in these lambs onto or how did you do it last year? Yeah, so look, it is, it is a, it's a big change then because you're putting them onto what is a low-fibre source diet. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we supplement when we have the lambs on the crops or the oats on the crops. So in our case, we'll be supplementing with straw once they're on the crop. But equally, because it's such a change in, I suppose, dietary type, they need to be adapted onto it over time. So for, for what we'll be doing is we'll be giving them a run back to grass. So basically, they'll be getting a couple of hours every day on the crop and run back to grass. And we'll build that up over kind of seven to ten days until they're full-time on the crop. That just allows their digestive system to adapt to it. No more than if you're adapting them on, I suppose, to an all-concentrate diet, you build them up over time. We'll build them up to the crops over seven to ten days. And that's the runback is, can I give them the access to it? The, yeah, the runback is a runback to grass. Like I said, they'll get a couple of hours in the crop and then we'll lock them back out of the crop again. And every day we'll build that up until they're full-time on the crops. Frank, one of the challenges of an experience in these crops, particularly when conditions get poor, is getting the lambs off in a clean state um, to go to the factory. Look, often we'll hear a belly clipping and that on them as a way to alleviate some of that issues. Have you managed with the lambs in that way last year and this year? Yeah, so look, at that that can be a challenge with them. So I suppose last year we crutched them and we belly shored them. And to be honest, we had no issues, but it is important when you're pulling off the lambs that you are checking them. And if you do have any dirty lambs, you might need to clip them again just to make sure that they're up to standard. This year we've fully shorn the lambs and that's for other reasons, was, you know, for experimental reasons as much as anything but they need there does need to be some degree of shear on it be that a crutch or a belly shear or a complete shear and again that's a couple of weeks before they're going to be drafted off it anyway so I'm, I'm sure there's a bit of worry go to you need remedial action again exactly Kieran that's why I say like it, it is important that you check them again when you pull them off it is going to take a couple of weeks after going across for them to come fit again for the factory so you will be able to take remedial action again they'll have some wool regrowth so I suppose it's important to have it done in time that you are allowing for some wool to grow back on them before you start drafting for the factory Okay and just like for the coming year what crops have you sown and um, maybe just give us a quick indication of what you plan to do with them Yeah so look we went with the same crops last year kale, fire drape and hybrid brassica um, they were all the kale was sown in May and the uh, forage uh, rape and the red start were sown in June and basically we're hoping to get lambs onto those crops in the kind of next uh, three to four weeks. So what, we purchased what, what, all the lambs they come in and have done their they've done their their their, their quarantine. So we've bought in purebred hill lambs again, so Scottish blackface lambs. And we brought also brought in uh, Texel Cross. Uh, Scottish blackface lambs as well so it'll be about half and half on each of the crop treatments Okay What kind of yield have you got this year or has it been a good year for growing on it? It seems to be going okay at the minute so we'd be estimating we're somewhere in the re- region of 5 to 6 tonne on the crops you know and we still have another couple of weeks to go before we'd be grazing them so we're, we're happy enough with how they're going yields look okay, okay. Certainly should be But I suppose it comes back to Phil's point earlier we, we have four different replicas of each of the the crops and certainly there'll be a difference probably between those replicas so it is important to go to measure them and see what's actually in it 
and we'll be measuring regularly as we go through it just to make sure that we're allocating enough to the, to the lambs on a daily basis. It will certainly be slightly different. It'll be an interesting trial to keep an eye on, Frank. I'm sure we'll get an update from you later on in the year. Yep, definitely. Phil, Frank, thanks very much for your time. Glad to have you on. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Okay, we'll wrap things up at this point again. A lot of good factors to consider when we're talking about forage crops, whether it's the first time growing them or you're looking to make more use out of them. I think there's some good tips in it. Again, um, we'll keep regular updates with the ongoing work in that Ryan, the various forage crops. It'll be available in cheap newsletter. We'll also have short clips on our YouTube channels and we'll try and get a podcast with Frank later on the year to see how the lambs are progressing on that trial. That's it for me. Again, for any updates on the programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chalky Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to future episodes.